You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. I want to tell you uh, that the series that we're doing is The Genius of Jesus. It's based on this book, The Genius of Jesus, and it really has some eye-opening thoughts. It it goes deep. It's some things that we need to understand, we need to pray about, we need to look in into. The genius of Jesus, one of the most important things it says in the beginning of the book is that the genius of Jesus is transferable. It's something that Jesus is, was, always will be an incredible genius. And the miracle of it is it's transferable to you. It's transferable to me. The author says, if you let Jesus change your mind, he will awaken the genius within you. What I'm speaking on today is the genius of empathy. We often look at empathy as a weakness. Somebody who is empathetic is a weak person. They, their, their emotions take over sometimes. They appear to be just blown here and there by the sadness, by the sad stories they hear. And yet, through God's word, we see that Jesus shows us that empathy is actually the highest form of intelligence. When I read that, I thought, no, that's not true. That's not true. This author is going the wrong way with this. But as I studied more and more, I realized it really is true. Empathy is the highest form of intelligence. Jesus did not simply come to ensure that you and I understand God. He came so that we would know that God understands us. God understands you. What in the world does that mean? I have this weird obsession. I like to read texts that have been sent to the wrong people. You can read them all over the internet. There's, and some of them are a little bit, and we're not going there, but the, some of them are so incredibly funny that people send a text to the wrong person, and it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't mean to send that text to you. One text I was reading, um, a guy sent a text and said, hey, I just want to know how you're doing. You gave me your number last night, and I, I just was really excited. I thought maybe we could get together and go out for dinner in the Answer responds back, I don't know who you are. And then there's a picture of a guy who said, but obviously she gave you the wrong number. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious because it was not as it was intended to be. He was misunderstood. In my darkest hours, in my hardest times, I desperately want somebody who understands me. I want somebody who knows exactly what I mean, exactly what I'm going through. We each have seasons in our life where we desperately need somebody to understand. 
Now, to understand the genius of Jesus' empathy, we must understand the different um, expressions of love, the different expressions of care. The first one is pity. I hate pity. I hate pity. Don't ever pity me. Even if I've broken my arm, even if I've fallen down in front of people, even if I've made a huge mistake, don't pity me. Pity implies that you are superior, superior to me. It implies that you are looking down upon me. You can pity somebody from a distance. It has no engagement on your part other than, oh, I'm so very sorry. Don't, 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 unless, unless you truly have an understanding, unless you truly want to know where I am and what I'm doing. Sympathy goes deeper than pity. Sympathy is I see me in you. Your experience resonates with me. It involves compassion and moves you to action. If you are listening to someone and someone is pouring their heart out to you and you resonate what they're saying, you understand what they're saying, and because of that, you have this need to say, that reminds me of in my own life, stop right there. Just stop. It's good that you understand. It's good that it resonates with you. But they're not pouring out their heart so that you, in turn, can tell them all the bad that's happened to you. Sympathy is hearing it and understanding. Sympathy calls you to an action. It involves compassion, but it moves you towards action. And then the last is empathy. Empathy is the deepest level of learning. It's the highest form of intelligence. It moves you to understanding. Empathy, empathy is how love communicates. Now think about this. It's the highest level of intelligence. I thought knowledge was the highest level of intelligence. I thought, I thought that if I studied really hard, I would have the highest level of intelligence. But as we see in God's word, the highest level is not knowledge, is not having all this information. It's being able to understand and have compassion towards an individual. Empathy. The only way to experience, to live true empathy, is to have relationships with others. That's the only way, to have relationships with others. We've heard it said, no man is an island, and that's true. Sometimes we just want to get off by ourselves and stay away from everybody. But as we learned through the pandemic, it was very difficult to be alone, to be away from It's important for us to have relationships. And the only way that we can truly have 
empathy is to have relationships. In Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 21, this is a story about Jesus and what he did. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and said, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. Now, when you read this, don't think Jesus is saying, I'm not good. Jesus is saying, think about what you're saying. But that's for another message. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all those commandments since I was young. I can imagine this young man saying, ah, I've got it together. I did what I was supposed to. I am on my way to being good. But Jesus looks at the man. He says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Now, Jesus saw this young man who thought he had it all together. Jesus, who knew all things, knew what his response was going to be. He knew what the next step, step was going to bring. But Jesus looks at him with genuine love, with empathy. He understands the confusion, the questions, Every situation within this man's heart, within his life, he understands it, he knows it, he knows what's going to happen next. And Jesus says to him, there is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will, treasure, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus knows what this young man needs to do. He also knows that the young man is going to reject it. And that is why Jesus, in his incredible genius, has empathy and love for this young man. He knows what the outcome is, and yet he still has love for this young man. In our lives, we see a lot of people we know a lot of people. We experience relationships with people, and we say, ah, they're not worth my time. They're always going to be like that. You don't know where they came from. Their foundation, their background, their legacy is bad. They've always had whatever in their background. And then we can think of a list of sins they're not worth my time and effort. And yet Jesus, even knowing what the outcome was, took the time to look into this man's heart, to have genuine love for him, and to express to him what was needed. He took the time to have empathy. It doesn't mean that Jesus overrode this man's decisions, this man's actions. In spite of the fact he knew what the man would do, he gave the man 
the opportunity. He gave him the opportunity to do what was right. In my life, there are a lot of people that I think, eh, they're not worth my time. They're not worth my effort. God help me to have the heart of empathy that Jesus has that says, in spite of what I think I know, I will go beyond and pour into them. Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. God's word says, on the Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. They were looking to find something wrong that Jesus would do. There was a man whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to help him get out? What is Jesus saying here? These Pharisees were looking to catch Jesus in some kind of breaking of the law. They had said that it was not lawful to do work on Sunday. And to them, Jesus' healing was doing law on Sunday. So as I was thinking about this and studying this, I thought, well, I don't want to break the law most of the time. I don't want to break the law. Okay, I don't want to break the law. I'm not a lawbreaker. I, I respect policemen incredibly. Even when they have those little things going on behind them with the, yeah! But I do remember one time when I willingly chose to break the law. And if I had it to do over again, I would do it again today. I would. I was at our church. We were in Latrobe. And we were having um, vacation Bible school, I believe it was, and I was getting my class ready. We were there early. I was getting my class ready. And a number of the kids that were, um, their parents were teaching or working were on the church playground. And we had this wonderful swing set there. It was one of those big industrial ones. And swings are wonderful. I'll tell you what, my granddaughter, Evie, can swing higher than anybody she has no fear whatsoever. She can pump, and I, I just love that. I love that. I love the excitement of swinging. And obviously, these kids enjoyed it also. But they were a little bit, I don't know, something was wrong with them. And they also enjoyed swinging really high and jumping off. Okay, that's fun too. I agree with that. That is fun. But one young man thought it would be fun to run between the swings as they're swinging with nobody on it. And of course, you know, sometimes when a swing swings, it doesn't go exactly as you think it's going to go. And that swing, and encountered his forehead. Now, I don't know if you're a nurse. It doesn't really matter. Your head bleeds. When you get a cut on your head, there's a lot of blood, not like, Let's put a Band-Aid on it, like masses of blood. And that's what happened to this young man. He was about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Now, I'm not going to tell you who it is. 
How old were you? <laughs> and I, um, I was teaching, I was getting my class ready to teach, and somebody came downstairs and said, Sharon, Sharon, I won't tell you his name, but he just got hit with a swing. It looks really bad. I came running up, and as I'm running up, my husband was carrying this little boy covered in blood. And he was coming, and I had the sense of mind to grab my purse and grab the car keys, and instead of, because it was a, it was a tiered hill, and so I drove up there as my husband brought him down and put him in the front seat of the car. I said, I'm taking him to the emergency room. And I drove faster than anyone has ever driven in Latrobe before. <laughs> I flew. I did not make complete stops at the stop sign. I flew. And what really scared me was the young man sitting beside me pulled the visor down flipped down the mirror, and when he saw the blood, he quit talking. And I thought, that's it, he's passing out. He, this is, I'm going even faster. And I just laid on it, and, and I drove faster than anybody has ever driven through that town. And I got him to the emergency room. Long story short, he had, how many stitches? How many? Six, six stitches. Yeah, he had six stitches. Did I break the law? Yes. Yes, I didn't make complete stops at the stop sign. I drove very fast. But when this mama bear has one of her kiddos who's hurting, I do what I have to to get them taken care of. Now, if any policeman had stopped me, I already had it in my head what I was going to say. Look at him. We have to get him there, and I knew that I would have a police escort. I was kind of hoping for that, because wouldn't that have been fun? I mean, <laughs> it would have added another element to the story. So I'm just telling you, that's what I... Anyway, um, moving back. Jesus healed this young man whose legs and feet were swollen on the Sabbath day. Why? Because he had empathy towards him. He knew that that's what this young man needed. He was willing to go against what those around him were saying. He was willing to step out of himself and say, this is what is needed right now. When Nick hit, that swing hit Nick. Oops. I knew that I knew that I knew that it was my duty to get him to the emergency room immediately, and that's what I did. And because of that, he did not lose consciousness. He did not, I could come up with a whole lot of things that he did not do, but <laughs> he did end up with a little scar, and if you look really close, you can still see it today. The rigidity of the law. The politicians, the Pharisees, were looking, trying to accuse Jesus of something. But the genius of Jesus 
was the compassion of his, of his empathy. He knew what he was taking on. He knew this was going to be a problem. And yet, he did it anyway. And this, this act of empathy, this act of genius, exposed the hearts of all of those around him. It did not show an issue that Jesus had done something wrong. It showed that the Pharisees did not have a heart of compassion. Now, the purpose of empathy is not to bring shame or pity. In this book, the author says the power of empathy sees into the soul, working with the material of people's hidden motives and intentions. In other words, it opens us up to truth. It opens us up to the truth. Sometimes we want truth, sometimes we don't. But if you have waited and looked for a diagnosis, sometimes just knowing what the diagnosis is brings something of good. It might be an awful diagnosis, but you know what you're fighting then. I recall when my husband was diagnosed with lymphoma, he had gone about three weeks of not feeling well, going to the doctors, having blood work, and the doctor said to him the last time we were in there, I don't know what it is yet, but we're going to figure it out. I just wanted to know what was going on. I just wanted to, okay, let's figure this out. And I remember that Saturday morning when they came back after they had done a scan and they said, well, we have an answer. And I thought, ah, finally. Now, I didn't like the answer. I really didn't. It scared me. It took everything out of me. And yet, when they said, this is what it is, it was like, okay, we're ready for battle now. We know what is ahead of us, and we will fight this. Truth is important. It is, I would much rather live my life in truth, even if it's difficult than to live a life of lies, than to live a life of not knowing, than to live a life that is clouded with doubt, with concern, with, I don't know what to do. Empathy opens our eyes to what the truth is. And we see that Jesus, Jesus was never afraid of the truth. And when Jesus exposed somebody to their sin, it was not to bring shame to them. It was not to bring pity to them. It was to bring a response of repentance. And so Jesus opened eyes and said, look, this is what's going on. With the young man, he opened his eyes and said, this is what you need to do. He did it not out of pity. He did it. He did it to say to the man, this is what you need to do, and we need you to repent. You must repent so that you can have eternal life. Now, unfortunately, we know that the young man did not repent. But Jesus still had genuine love for him. So what does this mean to us? What for you? Am I kicking something? I probably am. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 says, may you have the power to understand all God's people should. Thank you. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. Paul does not say here, may you have the power to understand how deep knowledge is. He says love, love, compassion, empathy. Empathy is the highest form of intelligence. When I have empathy, I know and I understand. I know, I can see the reality, I can see the truth, and I understand. Empathy is our greatest expression of strength. In Galatians chapter six, verse two, God's word says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Carrying your own burden is heavy. It is. It's hard to carry a burden. But when you carry the burden of another, it's even heavier because it's not your responsibility, but you choose to do it. Last week, Nick spoke about um, the power, the genius of power, and how during those times, the early Christians were told to carry the, um, the weapons of the soldiers for a mile. They had a responsibility, they had to do it. But Jesus told them, go beyond that and carry it the second mile. There was power in that. When you carry someone else's burden. I was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2007. And that was difficult. And then in 2019, my sweet husband passed away. And that went beyond anything I had ever experienced in my life. And I had so many people say to me, you are so strong. Wow, you have an unbelievable strength. And every time I heard that, I would shake my head and think to myself, I'm not strong. I don't have strength. What do they expect me to do? I'm simply doing the very next thing that I can. I'm taking the very next step. There's no strength in that. That's just doing what you have to do. That isn't where the strength is. The strength is when you choose. See, I didn't have a choice to go forward. I had to. But when you choose to help someone else, when you choose to see and understand where they are, that's where strength is. Because you are going beyond yourself and relying on God to give you an understanding of where their heart is and where their life is. In other words, and please don't bash me for this one. 
it's really good when you go through um, Starbucks and you pay for the guy behind you. But you're out five, maybe six dollars. And it makes you feel good for the day. But when you stop and you say to someone that you know is hurting, you know is going through something, I'm coming alongside of you and I'm not going to give you money, I'm going to give you time. I'm not going to give you lip service, I'm going to be here to help you. What do you need? Do you need your lawn mowed? I'll be there. Do you need, I'm there to help you. Do you just need, and this is one of the hardest of all, do you just need a listening ear? I'm here. That's where strength is. That is the empathy of the Lord. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to do the hard, the awkward, and the unlikely. I have found in the past two and a half years since losing my husband that God has called me to do the awkward, the hard, the unlikely. When he passed away, the words that were spoken to me by others brought so much healing, brought so much comfort to me. The stories that were told of me, told to me, just helped me so much. But in it all, I wished, oh, how I wished that Paul had heard those words. That those who brought those kind words to me would have been willing to say to him while he was alive, hey, this is what you mean to me. This is how you help me. This is, and I am making it my mission, the Holy Spirit is doing it in me, to say to people in awkward moments, this is what I see in you that's good. This is the scripture that God wants you to read today. This is how God loves you. Be willing to do the awkward, the hard, the unlikely, and allow the Holy Spirit to show his empathy through you. Be purposeful, be intentional. Today, 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 I will look for ways to help others, to put myself out to show and live the love of Jesus. Because, my friend, that is true empathy. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. 
See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.